What's up, everyone, and welcome to The Corporate Bartender. Today's episode is an awesome deep dive into one of the coolest techniques to get to your core message. We are stoked to have Aaron Weed back on the program. If you don't know Aaron, add that to your to-do list. It just might change your life. Aaron is a PR, media, and television veteran who has spent her career playing in traffic at the intersection of truth and communication for the greater good. She's the founder of Girls Fight Back, helping young women protect themselves, is a TEDx speaker and TED coach, and is the creator of The Dig. What is The Dig? Well, you're going to see it today. Our own Lori Lance peels back the layers, gets vulnerable, and shares her story so you can see how this amazing process works. Last fact, Erin always wanted to be Wonder Woman, and I'm not entirely sure that she isn't. So buckle up, TC beers, grab your favorite cocktail, and let's get right on into it with Erin Weed, part two, on today's TCB. Welcome to Sky Team's The Corporate Bartender. If you work in HR or make people decisions in your organization, this is the place to be. Now pull up a stool, belly up to the bar, and join us for the corporate bartender. Uh, well, welcome everybody. Welcome back to TCB. It's Wednesday. Wednesdays are my favorite days. It is episode number 79. We've been doing this for a long time. It is the 24th of March. March is over. Next time we get together, it's April, isn't it? Is that? No, no Wednesday is March. Oh, that's right. It's the, it's the, fifth, the fifth Wednesday in March. Mm-hmm. Dang, but it's springtime. It's bunnies and flowers and <laughs> Big, wet, heavy snows for those of us in Colorado. Yep, for sure. <laughs> so thanks for coming today. Today is going to be a fun day. We've got Aaron Weed back with us today. That's you. If you guys were here for Head, Heart and Core, you you know what to expect. It's going to be even better this time. It's Aaron <laughs> Weed, part two. Part two. Part two. <laughs> That's going to be awesome. So um, we're going to dispense with with the news and such um, to give Aaron as much time as possible. So I'm going to hand the reins to Miss Lance and let her and Ms. Weed just dive right on into it. Sure. Well, I do, I do want to just kind of pause a minute and just acknowledge that, you know, what happened in, in Boulder this week hit really close to home, uh, for a lot of us on the call, like literally close to home. And Mm -hmm. if many of us maybe didn't know firsthand people involved, we certainly know by extension, one or two degrees of separation. I know, I know that that's, that's been the case for me and almost everybody that I've talked to. So, um, it's been, it's been rough. It's been shocking and scary and, just want to, you know, just want to acknowledge that and see if anybody, you know, had anything that they wanted to share or, or express in terms of, you know, yeah. what's going on in the world. Thank, thanks for, for bringing that up. Um, yeah, I've got a, a really good friend, also a client. I've known the guy for about 15 years and he lives literally like a half mile from that King Supers. And I texted him yesterday. I want to hit him up on the day of in case he was connected to it in any way. Um, I got emails from him, so I knew he was okay. Um, but I texted him yesterday just to check in, and he was in the parking lot when it started. His wife was inside the shipping store, which is just kind of around the corner in that same center on the edge of the building there. And uh, he ran into the store, and they ended up sheltering in the back of the of the um, shipping store for about three hours until the police let him out. (laughs) One of the folks in there with them had a uh, police scanner app on their phone, which I didn't know that was a thing, but apparently that's a thing. And so they were listening to the cops talking to each other and they were relaying information from inside the store and it, it was messed up. Mm-hmm. was really, really messed up and it, it, it hit him, hit him pretty hard. Um, so it was interesting. We were talking about it and, uh, I asked him if anybody at work knew and he was like, well, no, I didn't really say anything. I'm like, dude, you gotta, you gotta at least tell people why you're not on your game and you should be sharing authentic things that happen in our lives. We can't separate our work life from our personal life and it's all just one life. And 
your head is going to be tied up in that. And, and you should, you should share that. It would be good for you too. And he did, he wrote a little piece and put it out today and it was really well done and really amazing and just super emotional. Right. I mean, that's, that's just life. That's just life. My, my mom is the one who told me that the shooter went to Arvada West high school, which is where I went to high school. And, um, being that he's 21, my, best friend's youngest son is 21. And so who went to Arvada West? And so I texted her and she said, yeah, he knew him. He knew he went to class, sat by him at school, um, actually said he was, he was a nice guy and he got bullied all the time for being Muslim. So it's just like this kind of peeling the onion, you know, of what, what went into this. It's, it's so sad. It's so sad. unfortunately we're getting good at this you know in Colorado and I have a good friend who was um, her son was at STEM school so that's been almost two years ago now in Highlands Ranch and her son held his friend while he died and um, my kids are are Columbine kids oh wow so um I can tell you 20 years later, it's, it's still with you. So get the help, talk to people Mm -hmm. and give yourself the chance to piece through it a day at a time because it'll hit you at really weird times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to just acknowledge, you know, that this was a, a heavy, heavy thing. And, you know, anybody that, that wants to talk, you know, please, please reach out. Our, our community is proven to be amazingly supportive and, and I appreciate each of you for that and just, you know, offer that up. So. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, deep breaths, everyone. (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh let's uh let's get into Aaron Weed part two. <laughs> I had no idea. Like I, I should have prepared my French, you know. <laughs> we'll just we'll just pardon your French, Aaron. We'll just pardon <laughs> my French. Where's my Duolingo? Yeah, for so actually quickly, um just from a show of hands, how how many of you were either um, at the episode with Aaron the first time or have seen the the recording of it or a, f- a few of you. Okay, good. Yeah. So um, you remember Aaron, uh, l- let me back up. So, so I know Aaron from some work that she has done at Cable Labs, my, my company and um, have just really, really enjoyed getting to know Aaron more over the years. And, and she has worked with a lot of our uh, engineers around how do you, how do you pitch a story, right? How do you pitch an idea in order to influence adoption or funding or right connection? And so, um, she, she works with them to prepare demonstrations that they give on really crazy high tech, um, innovations to our board of directors. So it's, it's kind of a neat space that she works in because as you might guess, maybe engineers stereotypically are not super comfortable in that space of storytelling and right influence. And so, you know, she's, she's done amazing work and she also works with our innovation bootcamp to, to help people with, um, the, the teams that the, the culmination of that experience is to give a pitch to a panel. And so it's, it's been amazing to work with her and she works with, all kinds of really interesting and diverse people um, to kind of help them with authentic communication and um, finding their story and communicating that in a way that is is confident and, and connected. And, and so it's it's really a, a cool space that she works in. And, and the first time we had Erin here, she took us through the, the head, heart, and core exercise, right? Those three different places from which we can speak. And oh, so Aaron, I'm actually gonna gonna turn it over to you to sort of take us into what what are we what are we doing today in part part do? Sure, part do. Okay. Um, 
Well, I'll share with you my screen here. So first of all, it's so great to see everybody again. And thank you for, for coming back. And, and um, I'm hoping to demonstrate to you a method for helping people get to their truth in a very short amount of time. That's probably the best way to describe what the dig is, which is what I'm going to be showing you today. And Lori has so bravely volunteered to be my person that I'm going to be digging. And <laughs> you all are going to be my co-diggers. So don't be thinking you could just like kick back. We're going to, we're going to actually get in there. We're going to get to her truth it, through her story. And I can dig it. No. So, um, so this is a method that I developed about eight years ago when I was working as a TED speaker coach. And what I learned about TED speakers is that they have these really, really big truths that they have to hyper distill down into these very short talks that anyone can understand. And a lot of TED speakers, they're super brilliant. They're super successful. How do you, how do you take all that truth down to something that everybody can sink their teeth into? And so that's how I developed this method. But over time, what I've learned is that this actually applies to anybody in any position who just wants a better understanding of their own truth, their own purpose, and how to express it. So I'm going to very quickly kind of take you through the method, and then I want to dive into um, digging Lori. So, so really, the dig is all about um, figuring out who you are, what you stand for, how to express it. And we don't do that in a future sense, like a lot of self-help programs will have you design who you want to be. I instead take the opposite approach and I look back at their story from when they were a little kid all the way up to present day to look for the repeating themes. So, so the dig, we're definitely getting shovels out and uh, excavating what's already there. Because I personally believe that we just need to remember who we are. We don't, uh, when it comes to authenticity, you don't have to make something up. You just need to remember who you are. So what I help people do through the dig is we help them get clarity because when people get clarity about who they are, what they stand for and how to express it, then all of a sudden a natural happy consequence is this confidence. And then confidence is the thing that turns into connection. So this has been a process that I've done, not just with speakers, um, but also I work regularly with executive teams with, um, I work a lot with HR to, to help new hires as almost like a um, personal development exercise and to help them fit into the teams that they're being placed on. And I mean, I've even done the dig on my mom and my daughter, and it just helps me better relate to them on a truth level. So, so really anybody can do the dig. This is a retreat we had about a year ago, back when, over a year ago now, when in-person meetings were a thing. Aww. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> so here's, here's the framework, because uh, I know some people might hear about this sometimes. They're like, well, that sounds a little boulder-ish, which I am in boulder, and you know we are a little woo-woo here, but... There is actually a framework that I'm that I'm operating from, and I'm currently growing the company so that I can be training more dig facilitators in this framework. So we start by, with just kind of clearing our mind, clearing our thoughts, trying to get all the stuff out of the way uh, that might prevent us from being who we are. Then it's a matter of telling your story. And this depends on how much time we have. Today, we don't have much. So I'm going to have Lori tell her story today in about 15 minutes. And then from the story, what I'm looking for is these truth words, these bigger themes that could almost summarize what the story was all about. Uh, like if somebody tells me about they went on a they went on a cross country road trip and it was the best thing they've ever done. Well, that has a theme of freedom or liberation. And so I'm always looking for the thing above the thing. So someone tells me a story and I'm always like, but what's that about? <laughs> I'm really fun at parties. So, um, <laughs> so we're going to pull out all those words out of the story. And then those words are actually in relationship to, to each other. And I almost, I call it the operating system. And I almost think of it like a, like a sports team and every single player in this operating system is absolutely critical because it's our operating system. It's it, what, it's what makes us tick, but there's also a captain 
there's one word that kind of calls all the shots for the whole operating system. And that's what we call your dig word. And it's not a descriptor. It's not a personal branding thing. It's not trying to put someone in a box. It's almost like a name for a person's frequency. And language is the best thing that we have to, to really kind of claim a person's frequency. And when I say frequency, what I mean is just what you believe, the situations you're attracted to, how you show up in the world, that's your frequency. And we all have one. Mm -hmm. Kind of like, um, like, you know, when you go to somebody's house for the first time and maybe you know them from work and then they invite you over for dinner and you walk into their house and all of a sudden you get this like whole new perspective on them as you're in their living room and you see how they decorate and what are their favorite colors and what do they serve for dinner? You're learning about their frequency because you're basking in it. So the dig word is one word to best explain that so that we can talk about it because ultimately this is about connection. And that's why this process has worked so well for speakers because it helps them get that, that clarity and the confidence so that they can connect with people in their audience. But you also can connect with people on a one-to-one basis, a one-to-some basis or a one-to-many basis. And then finally, um, it's all about expression. You know, once you get your dig word, I challenge people to turn that into something. So whether that's a speech, a book, a blog, uh, even like Eric was saying, uh, that gentleman writing about his experience yesterday, that is a way to express his truth in a way that creates healing, not only for self, but for others. For other people, expressing their truth might be more of a personal pursuit. Uh, writing a personal manifesto, writing a letter to someone that they have a challenging relationship with, uh, even uh, like a journal. Or if you're artistically inclined, maybe it's art, maybe it's music. Or if you're an entrepreneur, maybe it's a business. There's so many different ways that we can express our truth. But because so many of us don't achieve the epic clarity of you know, who we are, what we're here to do, what we stand for and how to express it, it becomes difficult. To, to show up that way in the world. And so the dig is my, my whack at trying to make this a little bit easier for people to, to be human and to show up in a way that we feel very, very fulfilled by. So, um, so what we're gonna do here today is I'm actually going to dig Lori and I'm gonna show you all exactly how this thing works. And I'm super excited and a little nervous. <laughs> People usually say that. <laughs> People usually say that. So, um, so on that note, here's here's I, I and I told this to Lori beforehand. I always ask people to not prepare. I this is not writing a speech. This is not even developing a message. This is just showing up as who you really are. And Lori doesn't have to worry about what her operating system or dig word is. That's all of our jobs. So I'll be the facilitator and you all are gonna be my co-diggers. And I'm actually gonna uh, set a little timer here to make sure that I stay on track. I'll dig her for about 10, 15 minutes. And we're basically just gonna ask her all about her life story. And I will run that piece. And then we're going to shift to operating system. And that's when I'm going to open it up to, to all of you. And if you want to use the chat box while I am doing the dig, if any particular words come to you, specifically truth words, as she's telling her story, like I said before, words like freedom, be, whole, authentic, um, you know, those kinds of bigger words, you can see behind me, I have a whole ton of them on my board. <laughs> I'm a, a little particular about my uh, sticky notes and sandwich bags. I was going to say they are in Ziploc bags. Yes. Oh, yeah. And there are seriously thousands <laughs> of them. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm not like a super organized person in everything I do, but my bookshelf and my sticky notes are like the total <laughs> exception. So, and the reason that I keep them in sticky bags, sticky note, uh, the sticky notes in the bags is because to me, someone sharing their life story with me, I just think is so sacred. And when I touch each of the sandwich bags, I mean, I can feel them like, and I love them so much. <laughs> I and love I, I love the sacredness of the sandwich bag. <laughs> <laughs> and look at like I got like this is filled with sandwich bags. <laughs> like like forever. I have so many and they're so beautiful. <laughs> anyway. 
I love it. You know, really, I see people for a living. That's my job. Mm -hmm. I see people. And, and sometimes we can't see ourselves. And so I think the gift of the dig is that we reflect back to people how amazing they are. And we show them their own frequency and give it a name so we can talk about it. And usually people are a little nervous before we start. But on the other side of it, people feel relieved, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So we're just going to get right into it. So if anybody watching wants to put words in the chat box while I'm talking, I'll do my best to monitor it and I'll capture those as well. And I'm going to not look at the chat box because that'll make me all. <laughs> yeah. Don't look at the chat box. Can you also not look at what I'm typing? Um, yeah, I'll just make that real small. <laughs> Avert your eyes or. <laughs> Avert your eyes. All right. Yeah, it just, it helps you to be a little more present. So, so um, maybe we can start at the beginning. Where are you from? Um, I was born at St. Joe's in Denver, Colorado. I'm a rare wow. native. Mm -hmm. You're like a true, true native. Yeah, yeah. And what kind of family were you born into? So my, my parents and I have an older brother who's about three and a half years older um, and grew up in Arvada. They live in the same house that they moved to when I was one year old. So very, very stable, <laughs> very, very stable. Yeah, not lovers of change, apparently. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And and what was childhood like for you? Um, you know, I had a I had a pretty um, I don't know, <laughs> leave it to Beaver kind of <laughs> childhood. If I can date myself a little bit, um, we would you know didn't have a lot of money, but never struggled for anything. Um, my parents, you know, they've been married for fifty seven years, and they still really like each other. Mm. You know, so I mean, there was always that vibe in the house. Um, my brother and I, um, got along pretty well. You know, we had our normal quit touching me or touching my stuff, but, but overall we were, you know, we were friends and, and we lived in the neighborhood that didn't have a lot of kids at the time. And so we, we played together a lot. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like I was super blessed by not having hard stuff happen to me when I was a kid. Yeah. So how would, have, how would people have described you as a child? Um, I've always been pretty outgoing. Um, good student. Um, I've always had pretty, pretty solid self-confidence, which I think stems from getting a lot of positive reinforcement <laughs> from, from my parents and from my teachers and just the environment that I was in from, um, you know, we, we had a, we went to a Holy Cross Lutheran church that was a big part of our lives growing up. So there was just a lot of stability and a lot of positive reinforcement. And so, um, you know, I, I think I was just kind of a happy kid. Yeah. Okay. So did you go to college after high school? I did. I did. I went to uh, Pacific Lutheran University in Tacoma, Washington, which was, which was, <laughs> which was really cool because I didn't want to go to CU or CSU or any of the, the state schools. Cause I felt like half my high school is going to go there and I'm kind of done with that. I don't need to be around these people anymore. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I, and, and so it was, it was a big adventure for me because I'd never been West of Colorado in my whole life. Mm -hmm. And I got something in the mail about this small, um, college that, uh, was, was in outside of Tacoma, Washington. And I got to fly out there to check it out and stay in the dorms and go to the football game. And I was like locked in, like, this is amazing. Mm. And as we were, my parents drove me out there and I was getting ready to leave. And my, my best friend who we met when we were five years old in kindergarten and we're still best friends. Um, she was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you going there? And I was like, it dawned on me. I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> I don't know anybody. I went there for like three days once and you know, my parents drove me out and then we unloaded my stuff in the dorm and they hugged me goodbye and drove away. And I was like, 
okay, let's do this. And, mm-hmm. and it was amazing. I loved it. Loved it. What was and your I loved that every, everything that I did for a long time was the first time I'd done it. Right. Mm-hmm. The, it was the, it was the first time I'd done all this stuff you know? And so it was kind of the antithesis of all the stability of my, of my childhood and my upbringing was to experience something where for a long time, everything was just new. And and that was, it was really cool. Mm. So what did you study? Um, business. (laughs) So I actually, I, I, I love science and I started down a track of, of biology and, and science. And I decided, well, I don't want to do research and I don't want to be a teacher and I don't want to be a doctor. So that's not really going to take me very far. So I I switched to business, but I knew that I, I wanted to be in the people side of business. And that's what put me in the HR track. Um, so I actually, I actually have a, a, my bachelor's degrees in business, but with an HR concentration. Mm -hmm. So, um, what did you do after college? So I um, had had met a boy <laughs> when I was in college, and we dated all all four years of college. And so um, I graduated in in May of uh, 1994, and I married that boy in June of uh, 1994. And we, we moved to Oregon. He was from Oregon. And so, uh, we lived in the suburbs of, of Portland, Oregon, which, which was like a whole nother layer of adventure, you know, living in a new state and, um, it's a beautiful place to live. Portland is a, is a wonderful city. And, and so, um, yeah, started my first job there and, uh, yeah, so it was, it was a good time. So it's like a report card. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's, uh, and this is like from a very short amount of time. I, I did a dig on a gentleman this morning. Um, we had like eight pages of uh, a life story and it's just like, I see this is just so beautiful. Like I see the, I just see it as art, but, um, but yeah, so you can see like, as you ask the questions that go through someone's life and I always, I tend to specialize uh, the questions so that there we get re- answers from childhood, from young adulthood, and then up to present day. And then I also like to ask questions that cover personal life and professional life. And one of the things that I noticed as I dig is that it actually doesn't matter really what a person is telling you after a while, they're still running the same operating system. Hmm. So let me show you what I mean by that. So Lori, we've pulled out, um, on the right-hand side here, the final two rows are all truth words that mm-hmm. were emerging. I, I couldn't follow chat while I was doing it myself, so I, I can pull some in, but I think I got um, the main one. So then what we do is we pull in these truth words and we start to play with how they could all be interacting with each other. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, who's the captain captain of the ship? So I pulled these together and, and this, this at this point is a very intuitive process and it's a, it's a feeling into, and this is always the person who's being Doug's thing, you know, um, diggy, is that the term? I don't know. Like, who's Doug? <laughs> um, so is, I mean, I always see myself as a facilitator or a mirror. Uh, I'm never telling someone what their operating system or their word is, but I'm saying, here's what I see and here's why. So, so I'll just kind of walk through this for Lori and then Lori, you can tell us, um, does it feel true? What would you want to move? Okay. I look at this like an organism and we want to, again, overlay Lori as a child, Lori as a young adult, Lori, uh, up to current day, how she is at work at cable labs. So what I'm seeing for you, I don't know if it's part of the operating system or not, but passion and purpose just seem like they're really important to you and, you've really never had a job that doesn't have a passion or a purpose, at least that you shared with us. So it seems like, especially in your work life and you also are incredibly family driven. I saw that come up in the chat a lot. There was a lot around family and compassion and motherhood. So it feels like that's very integral in your passion and purpose. 
But what I'm seeing is kind of the main piece is, is more here. It feels like everything for you starts as an adventure. Mm -hmm. And one of the things about the dig that's really interesting is that sometimes I get to people's dig words and their operating systems from the wonderful fun things they talk about. But a lot of times what I'm looking for is actually the complete opposite. And you'll notice I made a gray sticky note here. So this is, a, I, I made it gray because it's a shadow. So the whole idea is that with our dig word, that is the area that we're going to shine the most. It's also the area we're going to struggle the most. It's like two sides of a coin. So I often look for where people struggle the most as, as like an inroads into what their dig word could be. Because I think the dig word in itself, remember this is a frequency and frequency is pretty neutral. It's not looked at as good or bad. And it's, mm. these aren't descriptor words about Lori. These are things that are in her frequency. And it seems like she holds the energy of adventure. Like everything seems to be an adventure. She seems to be happiest when she's on an adventure. She wants to do more traveling um, with what's left of her 50s. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so that seems to light up her soul, you know, and then I'm also noticing, actually, I'll go here to connect. So this feels to me like it had, I think I it felt like it needed to be in the center of the operating system because it feels like it's, it's like the heart of things. Mm -hmm. It feels like it's like, it's right in there. And those of you who we did head hardcore together last time, you remember how strong the heart is, right? Mm -hmm. And um, connection just feels like it's Lori's heart. It feels, it has like a very offshooty kind of energy to me. Mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you all think? Like it, it has like these, it's like, you know, spurring out into energy. And she's, it's almost like she's got like uh, an arm in excellence. Notice with her two jobs, and she stayed up for a really long time. There are probably some of the smartest people in the world working at both of those places, doing some incredibly high tech, mm -hmm. influential, purpose driven things yes. to advance humanity. So, um, so excellence mm -hmm. just feels like it's it's just a level, like a frequency in which she's operating. Mm -hmm. and, and the resonance word to me feels almost like this is where the HR stuff comes in. I just even knowing Lori as a friend, like she just like can get in on that level with almost anybody and everybody loves her. It's just like, and I think it's because you find this resonance. <laughs> oh, do you have a list of people that don't? So I'll tell you, I actually fired somebody once who then sent me flowers. So. Wow. That is, <laughs> that is an accomplishment. Impressive. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. And, and my guess is the reason that that person did that is because you, even though they were exiting the position, you formed a connection mm -hmm. and you yeah. found the resonance with that person. And this other word is, is an interesting one is witness. Mm -hmm. When you got emotional talking about your children as walking their own path and being their own person, like it almost seemed like you were taking this incredible honor as being their mother to witness them on their path. And maybe that person who sent you flowers was feeling witnessed as well. Like mm -hmm. you might be firing them, but you all, you also were seeing them. Yeah. And that's one of the best gifts that we can give people. And um, at the bottom here, I have experience. And I think it's interesting that adventure and experience, it's almost like they're a sandwich between connect is like the hamburger right <laughs> in the middle there. So anyway, I'm going to stop talking because I'm curious how does it feel in your body? Like, as, as I'm saying all this, because we want to always muscle test ourselves a little bit mm -hmm. Does it feel true. Is there yeah. that, ah, that exhale? Um, the, the word resonance, um, I connect with that quite a bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Apparently I connect with connect quite a bit. <laughs> um, the, those, those three, the, the witness connect resident resonance, Mm. are the ones that probably feel like me. Um, you know, the, the adventure and the experience I think is, is, it is definitely what lights me up. Um, but those aren't things that I do by myself typically, typically, mm. right. Maybe on some rare occasions, those are mm. very individual things, but, but usually that's, that's with, you know, mm. Yeah. So, so you're saying connection is a big part of your adventures or experiences. Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah. Does, does adventure or experience better capture what we're talking about here? That you going off to college, mm-hmm. long way away from everybody else. I what think it, adventure. What, adventure, I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Does, does excellence, it, this could just be a criteria or a descriptor word. So I, um, it, it's funny, I'd never really thought of it in that context in terms of my, my work surrounding um, around people who are world-class in, in what they do. And, and I, I do love that. I mean, I, I'm, you know, constantly in awe walking around people who (laughs) have these brains and these, these abilities. Uh, So, so I think that that is a big piece of it. And, but I don't like, I don't know that I like strive for that myself personally. Um, I'm actually not that ambitious. I think I've been (laughs) super, um, (laughs) super fortunate, a lot of synchronicities and a lot of, I mean, I think through connection and resonance is resonance is where my success has come from. It's Mm. not because I'm a super driven, hyper ambitious person. Mm, Okay. Now, the fun part about digs is that, you, I mean, these move around. That's why I work in sticky yeah. notes so that we can like feel how they're different. We can make different shapes and then all of a sudden the whole organism changes. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Hmm. Let's, I'm just going to check the chat here. Yeah. Uh, Morag had a question, Aaron. She said, does witness reinforce the quote, watch from the sidelines versus the Lori of today stroke future, which is jumping into life? Mm-hmm. Good question. So you know, at the end of the day, how a word applies to a person is a totally individual thing. Yeah. Like I've, I've done about a thousand of, di- of these digs. And one of the things that I've learned is that I have um, this thing called word twins, which when people end up with the same dig word and I'm starting to explore the idea of actually putting them all together to like work on something and see what happens. But even though they're word twins, they actually have a very different meaning. It's, it's just like the word is just the best thing that we have. Language is the best thing that we have to label it. But really, mm-hmm. I think, and again, not to go boulder woo-woo on you for a moment, but I really think this is kind of a spiritual thing that we, yeah. we come into these bodies and we have our own frequency and we're here to do something very specific that's probably never been done before and will never happen again. And that's why I'm so sacred about my sandwich bags mm-hmm. because <laughs> I, I see that. Yeah, you know, and I and to do yeah. a thousand of these, and no one is even remotely the same. Mm-hmm. Can, like, who can explain that to me? How is that possible yeah. from a yeah. data perspective? Right. You know. Yeah. The when I read witness, Morag, to answer your question, just from inside me, that I think of that more as um, holding space. So it's it's not a external thing as much as a in it with them, the holding space kind of thing. Um, Cause I'm not, I, I do lean towards wanting to fix things just cause right. I want everybody to be happy and feel good and be joyful, but sometimes it's not about fixing things. It's just about holding space and, and letting people be where they are. So that that's how I think about that. Uh, Ruby says it reads to me as presence. How does that word feel versus witness? Yeah, that's probably, that's probably a, a closer thing. Right. I know I use the word witness with the kids, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Connect, mm. presence, adventure, resonance. I, you know, it's the, the word connect has always been a go-to word for me, I guess, in describing a lot of situations, a lot of relationships, a lot of things that aren't working because it's missing, a lot of things that are amazing because it's there, a lot of things that are in progress because it's getting there, you know? So connect is, is one that, um, yeah, cause I'm, you know, a pretty social person, um, I don't, I wouldn't say I have a ton of really close friends, but I do have, you know, my core group of friends that, you know, I step into traffic for, I guess, you know, but, um, but in the general sense, I, I like that feeling. I think that's why I like 
facilitating training. And even if it's with strangers, because you can find something with everybody. And sometimes you can create the connections between other people, right? Build, build those connections between other people so that they can feel what that feels like. And I think it's a very, um, kind of wholehearted thing, you know? You know, Laurie, it's funny, as you're talking, it makes me think, because I can see the flip side of this, too. Um, when that connection is threatened by somebody, by some sort of external force, uh, Laurie is fierce in protecting that. Like, don't fuck don't with her with people. mess with my people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so we could probably go with the fact that Lori's dig word is connect and, and then here's, here's kind of the next step of that. So what do you do once you get your dig word? Well, I know. What do I do? What do we do with do I this get a thing, tattoo right? on my neck? What? <laughs> yes. That's exactly what you do right up here. So, so first of all, um, I love to develop something called a grounding question. And a grounding question is how to keep Lori in the vibration of connection. Meaning when she goes and she fires a person, how can we keep her in a place where she's doing that termination process from a place of connection, which sounds like it's her superpower, but maybe in a romantic relationship, she's different. Maybe that's um, a place where she needs to drop into it more and be like, okay, this is not an attack. I can be in the spirit of connection. And so um, a grounding question could be, um, how can I feel most connected? Or does this connect with me? Or, you know, like, even if you're, if you're upset, cause like your internet's not working, you're on the phone with your provider or whatever. I mean, just like, how can I connect with this person? It, it brings us back to truth. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a lot of different ways we can use this. I mean, first of all, with especially with people who are leaders who are are in public, which which Lori has in in her internal world, especially. But um, I always look at this as when you have a message to deliver, mm -hmm. regardless of the size. Like to remember, we have an energy bubble around that message. You can be talking about um, new procedures of when people are coming back into the building after COVID, but really what you're doing is you're forming the connection. At the very beginning of this call, you opened it up to talk about the shooting at King Supers because yeah, it's a hard thing. Yeah, it's a difficult thing, but you opened it for connection. You don't shy mm -hmm. away from it. And so starting to bring conscious attention about the thing above why you're doing everything, mm -hmm. it's probably gonna all come back to connection. Mm -hmm. so, so that can be turned into messages. And by the way, if she ever was to give a talk, if she talked from her heart around the power of being present, connected in resonance and taking an adventure, she can do that all day long. Cause that's like, <laughs> do you, do you feel like, yeah. I, I mean, like that? This is, this is her natural way of operating the world. She's been operating this way since she was five. And my theory is that this is never going to change. And I know that's a very bold thing to say. I'm not saying she's never going to change or she's not going to evolve, but I truly believe that all of us have an operating system that's not going to fundamentally change throughout this particular human life. Mm -hmm. And I'm willing to be wrong about that, but no one's changed it yet. So, yeah, I, but I like what you said though, that, that, that fundamental thing, right. That word or words or whatever that context doesn't mean you don't grow and change, mm -hmm. but there's a, th there's a through line, right. And, and maybe in those, those character builder moments, <laughs> those opportunities for growth that, you know, clock you in the face, yeah. this is still in the middle of it, right. Or those big successes or those big accomplishments, this is still in the middle of it. I, yeah, I get that. I see that. Yeah. Well, I want to be respectful of time. So I will stay on oh, and answer as many questions as you'd like. Uh, but I did want to just say, if anybody's curious about doing the dig themselves, or I also do do the dig with teams within companies, uh, feel free to, to hit me up. My email is erin, E-R-I-N, at thedig.com. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. This was amazing. Thank you for holding my hand through that. <laughs> and yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That's hard. You did it. <laughs> yeah, big ups for Aaron and Lori. <laughs> yeah.
Oh, we just did the same thing. So connected. Look at us. This is so cool. And thank you for being so open, Laura. That was amazing. I I learned more about you through this. It's like, wait, what? I didn't know that. Which is awesome. It's it was so neat. Uh thanks. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Right. Well, thanks. Yeah. And and Aaron and I talked about that, that there's there's group opportunities to do this. And so if that's something that that anybody's interested in and within the community, we should chat about, you know, get getting in touch with Aaron and giving this opportunity to to more people because it's 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 pretty cool. What a cool process. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. So so thank you for that. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was super cool to just watch it unfold. It's it's mm-hmm. rare that you get to, especially in doing what we do as you know facilitators, right? To to watch a process that closely and 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 just be an observer of it mm-hmm. um, was pretty amazing. You you're you're a gifted gifted facilitator, Aaron. You are good at what you do. Yep. 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 Yeah, it's great to be a fly on the wall. <laughs> right. Exactly. So yeah, you know, um, but Eric, I think yeah. we could take this whole group dig thing, and with your talents, we could turn it into a drinking game. I'm sure we can do that. <laughs> Everything now. can be a drinking game. <laughs> now, see, Aaron, now we have the setup for part two. <laughs> I am here for it. I'm here for it. Um, awesome. Thank you guys so much. Let's, uh, let's do some funny stuff and the the good feeling stuff and then get on out of here. Uh, today's funny things. These, these things made me laugh. The shining remains a hugely empathetic portrait of a guy trying to get some work done with a child around. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, funny thing. Number two, this is me being my own therapist. Uh, from the this is where we live today category the godfather was the first movie franchise to have its first and second films both nominated for best screenplay the second movie franchise borat (laughs) oh boy (laughs) this one just made me laugh (laughs) right they're funny this one just made me laugh it's the actual people from the meme that we all know and love Wait, what is the meme? It's the boy and the girl walking. The boy turns around and looks at the other girl. Oh, got it. Those are, those are the actual people in that photo. <laughs> Ten years later. That's awesome. <laughs> Tell me if you can relate to this one. Someone just honked to get me out of my parking spot faster. So now I have to sit here until both of us are dead. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> and my favorite one, my favorite funny thing of today, I saw this like a week ago and haven't stopped thinking about it since. <laughs> That's so cute. Oh, today's good. Today's good feel story. It's a quick video of, of, of about judging books and covers and whatnot. So let me just play this for you real quick. We conclude this week with Steve Hartman, who has one request. Don't jump to conclusions. Here we are, just two seconds into this story, and some of you may have already made some assumptions about our subject, Maury Forrester. But the students here at Coulter Grove Intermediate School near Knoxville, Tennessee, All right. say, be wary of that first impression. Hey guys. You never know what people have done. I was surprised. It makes you wonder, like, how did he get here? Liftoff, we have a liftoff. 77-year-old Maury Forrester was part of the team that helped put a man on the moon during the Saturn and Apollo programs. He worked for a subcontractor that designed crucial launch components. I look at it now, I'm amazed that it happened. It was so complex and so involved, and there were so many people. His certificates and awards could fill a corner office, and yet here he is in a broom closet a highly trained electromechanical designer on the business end of a mop. In 2014, Maury suffered a stroke, or something like it, doctors aren't quite sure, but the result was clear, a major loss of cognitive function. Maury says it was humbling and humiliating, but he knew if he wanted to keep on living, he had to keep on working. 
He originally took this job solely for the exercise. But over the last few months, he has become an integral part of this school community. I just love it. They're happy to see me. Thank you guys and I'm happy so to see them. Thank you. I've gotten to care very much for them. Thank you, guys. And the students clearly feel the same. In fact, Maury says they even say, I love you. Yeah. Just hearing that makes, makes all the difference to me. Nobody ever said that at NASA. Which leads me to the most astonishing part of this story. Oh, gosh. After that, I asked more. Hey, guys. What if by some miracle he got his mind back and could go back to his old job? There was no hesitation. Yeah, I can't. I can't say that. I'm going to give this up. I'm good. How are you? Some people never figure out the key to a successful career. But Maury shows. It's not rocket science. Steve Hartman, on the road, near Knoxville, Tennessee. We can... Pretty good, yeah? That's amazing. Yeah, got a little teary-eyed. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> oh, that me... guy who does those stories, though, if you watch CBS Sunday Morning, he's usually got a variation of that type of story mm. uh, in every one of those shows, CBS Sunday Morning. Cool. Yeah, I thought that was great. It's so it was so good. My PowerPoint was crying. It crashed right there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Give me just one second to get that back up. I'll do my cocktail and you guys can go have dinner or a cocktail of your very own. <laughs> Let me share that. Crack down my sock thief. <laughs> <laughs> just found three socks that I've been missing to <laughs> today's semi-quarantine cocktails is vacation for the recently vaxxed <laughs> it's a riff on the Mai Tai you're going to need a little bit of rum and oh my god are you looking at airfares some dark dark rum like for real could we actually go somewhere a little lime juice should we just go big half ounce of uh, curacao Tahiti, right, Ruby? <laughs> Ruby? Ruby had to go to a coaching meeting. She's going to Tahiti in October. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Little Amaretto, New York, London, Paris, Munich. Anybody get that reference? Some simple <laughs> syrup. I might be getting a little too worked up, so let's <laughs> take it down a notch and just start by watching that Stanley Tucci thing on CNN. That's supposed to be pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. Aaron, thank you so much for being here. Lori, thanks for putting it all out on the table. You guys were amazing. One more. Oh, not a rim shot. I want applause. <laughs> there it is. Thank you so much. Wednesdays are my best days, and you're my favorite people. Love each and every one of you. We will see you again next week. Aaron, looking forward to part three. All Can't right. wait. I'm on it. All right, have good nights, everybody. Thank see you, you next Thanks, week. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you had a good time and learned a thing or two at today's happy hour, please share it with your friends. If you want to join our tribe, head on over to skyteam.cloud forward slash TCB or email us at info at skyteam.com. That's S-K-Y-E team.com. Thanks again. And remember, you've always got friends at the Corporate Bartender.